Good morning. It's Friday, October 5th, 2012. This is Chickie Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Executive Girlfriends Group Live. Our guest this morning is author Joan Wright, and she has written a book called Up, Pursuing Significance in Leadership and Life. And I think you are going to really enjoy Joan's story. I uh, just interviewed her a little while ago on my show, Uncommon Giving, uh, she has just recently com- uh, completed a climb of Mount Kilimanjaro. And, boy, there is no further up than that, Joan. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chicky. Joan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, both personal- personally and corporately, uh, actually before you formed your firm and, and uh, before you became an author. Okay, great. Uh, well, I am originally from Connecticut, New York area, and have lived here in Charlotte for about 23 years. Um, part of my professional life includes about 21 years uh, at various companies. I've, I've really had a, a great chance to work in some um, great places like GE, Citibank, um, Philip Morris, and then uh, Wachovia, Wells Fargo. And then 13 years ago, I started O'Sullivan Wright, and uh, I just am so privileged to have taken the things that I enjoy most that I did in my organizational life to bring it to leaders and organizations, so specifically executive coaching, leadership development, and succession planning. Um, I'm a wife. Um, My husband and I have been married for uh, almost 14 years. Uh, I was married previously. Uh, we have raised together three um, three children, and they are now in their 20s. Which uh, uh, I always like to <clears throat> to mention that uh, not only did we survive blended family, um, but we are so um, pleased to see that our that our kids are are launched. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I like to talk about with my business is is that the kind of work that I do, uh, while it, it's known typically as executive coaching, leadership development, succession planning, it's really about how to help leaders and their organizations pursue significance, not just to be about surviving and succeeding, but to see what is it that not only can we be best in but best for, as DeWitt Jones says. So there's a whole methodology around that um, and a a way of leading, um, a way of being as a leader. um, And so that's actually how the the book came into being. And I know, Chicky, you're going to prompt me on when to talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, you know, I know that you have uh, been been on a long journey, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, every interview that I do, there's always some connection. Uh, in fact, there are many connections, I think, with you. Um, I, my very first uh, corporate job was actually with Philip Morris. I actually worked for Miller Brewing Company in Milwaukee uh, all the way back in 1975. Oh. So. Um, I, I always laughed because I, I went to college at Oral Roberts University, and uh, I think I, I was really pursuing uh, an MRS degree, as, as a lot of uh, girls who went to Oral Roberts in those those days uh, talked about. But I ended up staying in school only only one semester, and then quit school and went to Miller Brewing Company. And I thought, you know, 
how 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 far apart Oral Roberts University and Miller Brewing Company were, and being owned by the largest tobacco company in the world. But uh, anyway, I, I digress there a little bit. But the the interesting thing to me, Joan, is that this whole topic of significance, which is kind of at the core of of what your book is about, is one that we've talked about a lot on the Executive Girlfriends Group over the course of the last few years with the economic crisis. We have had a lot of women uh, who are members of the Executive Girlfriends Group you know, have to let people go as their companies downsized only to find themselves receiving a pink slip, you know, weeks mm. later. And and finding and I don't think many of them realized that they had found their significance in the company name that was on their business card. Mm. And and being able to cope with who they were in that time in between, you know, which we kind of have dubbed being in between successes, um, you know, is something we've had to coach a lot of people through. Um, but your your book and, and the topic of our call today is really about pursuing significance in leadership and life. And uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, about Climb for a Purpose, which uh, you just recently finished uh, a very significant climb, and I'd like you to talk about that. But before we, we go there, let's talk about the book a little bit. Um, what prompted you to write it? Um, how did you prepare for the book? Some people do a lot of interviews. Other are just speaking from per- personal experience and telling their own stories. Uh, how is the book actually structured? Well, this is an interesting um, part of my story in that I think for years I told myself, you know, here I had a consulting firm and um, that I should write a book, I need to write a book, um, but it was actually um, a personal experience I had. Um, I was coaching a client uh, who was traveling, so I was on the phone, and he was having some really big issues at home. He he traveled a lot himself, uh, and he had a teenage son, and he had lost um, the relationship. Uh, and he it was very distracting for him um, uh, in his work life. And, and so, you know, we spent some time, which oftentimes, um, as an executive coach, there, there are the life issues that, that creeped up. Well, I hung off the phone, hung up the phone with him and realized that I was out of alignment. Um, Actually, I felt out of integrity. What had just recently happened was um, our third child, who had been living with her mom up in Winston-Salem, had um, decided that she wanted to come live with us full-time, so we would have all three of our children full-time living with us. And I had anticipated that happening, um, and welcomed it, but had totally forgotten that her mother had given her in her last-ditch effort to win her over to stay um, a brand-new um, terrier puppy. So a long story short, um, here she was arriving with an eight-week-old puppy. I have a home office, had a Jack Russell, um, was so so obsessed with how was I going to be able to continue in you know my successful consulting practice with a puppy that didn't fit in the equation. Right. So when I got off the phone with this client and realized you know I needed to to really pull up my big girl pants. Let's talk about the um, uh, <laughs> the, the girlfriend's <laughs> club here. 
and just deal with it. Um, that the relationship with my um, stepdaughter, who now calls me mom, is far more important. And I certainly could figure out um, how to deal with this dog. But um, so the book actually got birthed then. So the seeds of that, um, the mm-hmm. seeds of the model, um, survival, significance, um, uh, survival, success, and significance, and. The other piece that was interesting that happened shortly after that was um, uh, going to Africa um, with my husband uh, on a vision trip with our church and coming back, and this was um, October of 2008 um, when the financial crisis hit, and it hit Charlotte very hard. We lost we lost our status as Banktown, um, and, and so I started to see leaders who were, you know, their worlds were were really hit hard. Um, and so they were facing choices around, um, do I be become a victim or can I truly be victorious? Um, right. And so, so the book kind of evolved from my own personal crisis out of integrity to to really noticing what was happening on a larger scale, whether it was from um, the big shifts that happened in 9-11 to, you know, what we've been dealing with um, since 2008 and, and helping leaders find what is it not only about purpose, but what do they care so much that they want to uh, to reach the summit for. So it's interesting when you, when you read the book, it, it's, it's not a technical read from the standpoint of, of of climbing a mountain, but I use a lot of mountain metaphors, and they work um, because uh, having just gone and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, um, I've, I really got to see that uh, that this whole effort of of understanding what happens at base camp and um, what the right side of the mountain means, what's the left side, and you know the the different behaviors that we have when we are when we are truly striving and when we're actually on the mountain, and then when we have to face our own um, mountain beasts. So we all have those. Well, you know, it's interesting having just interviewed you uh, on my other show about the climb. Um, so you had developed the Summit Advance Model, which is kind of the core of of your your book's metaphor, as you said. Um, and and so you must have had a really unique experience as you were going through each of those things. And it, and it gives me also an insight into the one thing that I asked you to share about your climb. You talked about the Sherpa at the top, helping you make that last bit um, at dawn on the last day of the climb up to the summit. Um, and what is the, the business metaphor of that, of that, that helper? Well, uh, you know, I had a really significant, um, to use the word, I had a, a, I had a very strong um, uh, awareness when when we got when we got down having summited that so often we think to advance the summit is about doing it on our own strength and doing it alone. Right. And I had to remind myself um, that that actually when we arrived in Africa, I was um, I was. <laughs> 
dealing with a fair amount of fear and anxiety um, and thinking to myself... About the climate itself? About the climate itself. Because um, we were living in, in tents for six days. Um, I had anticipated that I was going to struggle with um, um, being able to sleep and then that, you know, how that fear of sleeping ends up, you know... Um, and then and then there were some parts of the climb where there were a lot of boulders. So to get to your question about the Sherpa is is that when that African man um, actually picked me, I mean, there were ten of us, and, and the guides, uh, I can't quite explain how they all work this out, but um, they actually go find you um, some at night and, and, and they join you in, in summiting. And this particular guy, oh, it, was, it was magical the way he approached me and he said, he called me Mama, uh, which oh. made me laugh because, you know, of course I'm 56 and, I, and I'd much rather have, have had a younger term, but he, sa- he said, Mama, you are strong. You can do this. Let's go. Oh. So it was it was just this, you know, kind of, okay, um, no more hesitation. Um, even though it's 11 p.m. at night, we've got, you know, seven hours ahead of us, freezing cold. Um, he, he just believed in me. And I think that um, in, our, um, in our leadership lives, um, in, our, in our personal lives, that Sherpas show up as people who hold what we are trying to do, hold it sacred, hold it as possibilities along with us so that we don't feel we have to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. And here, having written a book about, about, about this, I caught myself feeling alone that summit night thinking, you know, well, what happens if I just can't do it? And yet, you know, here shows up this guy by the name of Crispin, who truly lives out this Sherpa um, role for me. So I think, you know, to put it into practical um, um, terms here is, is that we've got to surround ourselves with people who, who know us, who know what our um, deep passions are, where we are inspired, and hold those dreams for us so that we can advance the summit. There, there are people that will tell us, get on the mountain, you know, because that's the thing that I see and I saw actually um, when I be- first became an author is that um, that bulletproof, perfectionistic approach in sort of, okay, well, I'll sit on the sidelines and keep getting ready to get going. <laughs> um, and, and yet um, the Sherpas in our life tell us, you know, you're done, you know, it's, it's time to take action on what you know and get going and get strong and and go for it. Well, I I will tell you, Joan, and and uh, from from our dialogue just before the call and from the previous call, I feel like you're my CRISPA. That uh, you know, I've been uh, I have been on the mountain. I I am on the mountain, but it it is time to summit in some things in in my own life and. We were talking also about that that uh, you know feeling of doing it alone, and and I was sharing with you how, you know, the executive girlfriends group uh, has transitioned pretty significantly over the last few years, and and our Friday calls used to be a time of, 
of uh, real community and and the network you know we had a number of people who would be live on the call and and it has uh, it has changed and and because of uh, providing the shows uh, you know through so many means to our members we don't have that uh, anymore and and because I work from home as well I've had a consulting business for 15 years and I'm a serial entrepreneur I am alone so much of the time and so uh, you know I feel like this is just a real uh, call to action for me. And uh, you know, figuring how how to get to that summit and and the the mountain metaphor. While I can't see myself climbing Kilimanjaro anytime soon, um, you know, I I really see that it's time uh, to move to the next level in everything that I'm doing. So I, I just want to thank you so much for for being here today, and and you know, want to get into a little bit of of the meat of the book and what the summit advanced model means for those who are in leadership or who who really have that desire. Uh, and and to talk to us about those three components that you alluded to earlier: survival, success, yes. and significance. Um, Why don't so, we talk about survival first? Yeah. So if you can imagine um, the, you know, what a mountain looks like. It at at the base is survival, and on the uh, the left side of the mountain, um, we are um, driven by um, needs of our ego, our self. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, what others think, and on the right side of the mountain, it's all about um, purpose, heart, and others. So at the survival level, um, people who get stuck on the left side come out of a victim mentality. And yet those who, um, and there there really are some amazing survivor stories. It is, it is not a bad thing to be in survival. In fact, some of the... Right. I, I so applaud um, those um, business owners and, and men and women who have um, been able to not only survive but um, stay in some of these organizations through these hard times because they are they are the true victors. Now we all can make some different choices to 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 get off that particular train and right. get on a new one, um, but. Um, there's there's distinctions at each level. So in the in the success level, over on the um, left side of the mountain, it's all about fame. You know, it's all about you know how can I find the next new thing? Um, but yet, you know, being about self and ego, it's it's often it's often about um, that uh, that that fame piece. But over on the right side, it's it's all about the mastery. Um, um, the 10,000 hours, as Malcolm Gladwell said, um, that you know, if we really understand what it takes to truly be masterful, that we can build in a successful place for ourselves um, and for our teams, um, because experience um, is such an important teacher for us. Um, so, for for myself, actually. Um, you know, as a as a new author, I knew that you know I needed to bring in the masters. Literally, um, there have been stages and times in my career, um, especially when I focused exclusively on leadership, organizational development, and executive coaching. I had to go back to school um, and 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 really get um, um, you know get some time with with masters. Um, and so it's there's that, that real sense of, you know, um, 
I'm a, some of you who are listening or on the call might be uh, yoga aficionados. Um, um, I do yoga several times a week, and there's there, there's the, the whole notion of being on the mat. So masters know that you know they go go through a special time of practice on the mat. So they deal with themselves on the mat. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a yoga class this morning, and our yoga teacher reminded us, you know, about uh, what we bring to to our yoga class, and and you know the stuff that's going on in our heads and our thoughts, and that you know at the end of this. Yoga practice, you know, you're to to get the clarity that you need to go forward, but you might be coming in with a lot of noise about a stressful week, problems you can't solve, you know, um, struggles, feeling less than, all all of that junk that sometimes just um, holds us, you know, holds us back. And the third level on the mountain is significance. So on the, the left side, those that might be focused maybe too long, you know, that are ego-driven, might, it's, it's that Top Gun um, phenomenon. Um, I've had fun trying to distinguish Top Gun behavior with the difference of cultures between um, Apple and Microsoft. Um, I do some work with uh, one of those organizations, and culturally it's, it's, it's fascinating to to look at, you know, what it takes to be truly exceptional in an industry. Um, And yet culturally, is it a top-gun culture or is it a best-for culture? Um, I love the notion of best-for. So, uh, and that's been a lot of my personal work as I mentioned that story of um, almost ruining um, a, a critical relationship with my uh, my daughter when I was so busy at being best in. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the, um, the top of the model is the summit, and um, that's where the Mount Kilimanjaro, or really any of our, our notions of, of really going um, and declaring a summit advance is, is that it is where we find the end of ourselves and... Um, our our higher power this or the sense of the divine for me is as uh, a christian that is god that um i feel divinely inspired to pursue this particular summit um and the summit is something that we care significantly about um it's a cause that we want to make a stand for um, it's something that, in fact, there, there's a story um, I tell in the book about a colleague of mine from way back when, when we were training consultants. Um, her name is Lynn, and um, uh, her summit advance um, was all about um, uh, enabling people to retire um, comfortably and, and in in a with a quality of life, so she went from being a training consultant to um, uh, becoming a very successful um, uh, retirement expert in the financial services arena to becoming a CEO in retirement services. And what so inspired me to include her in the book was is that she had this summit advanced notion that she wanted to help um, people throughout the country 
retire well um, and what that meant. And that enabled her to make a lot of um, pretty challenging decisions. Um, There was a point at which um, uh, there was a big merger at the bank that she was at, and culturally they did some changes in the structure, and um, sh- her her role got um, got layered, and so she decided that that was going to get in the way with, of her summit advance, and so she ended up luckily um, getting invited to become um, CEO of a retirement services financial group in New York, um, but she had to make that sacrifice to move from Charlotte to New York. She had to invite her whole family to to agree to that, and you know they knew how much she was getting out of this. Um, you know how well purposed she had done her her leadership. That um, you know they joined her. So you know, I will take a breath there. <laughs> Well, that that was an, an uh, awful lot of, of information, but you know, I think whether we have got individuals who are listening who are working in you know senior positions in corporations that have recovered from the financial crisis, or we've got people who are are still struggling with being underemployed, and, and many of our executive girlfriends group uh, women are are, I would say, still uh, either underemployed or they have found themselves in that place where they've had a job that provides a, some amount of security, but they still feel like there's more. And I think that what yeah. you're talking about is that this whole issue of significance, and, and going back to what I said earlier about that significance quite often comes from our title and, and the company and, and the stability of the company on our business card versus actually reaching out and understanding what our summit is. Mm-hmm. And you talked about your your colleague, uh, you know, having this realization of what her summit was. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm kind of in that place where I'm I'm seeing glimpses of it. It's like the clouds are are moving, and and all of a sudden you can see it. Or or you know, going back to your climb experience uh, ten days ago, uh, you know, you're climbing in the dark, right? And you have that Sherpa there to help you and to encourage you, and then. All of a sudden, you get to the summit, and the clouds are, are actually beneath you, and the sun comes up, and it illuminates what you should have seen all along. And um, so, how do we find what our summit is? Well, I think that's a, a very good question, Chicky, and, and I think what you've created here in in the community is a very important thing. Is is that um, oftentimes we can begin to have some notions of what our summit might be um, um, just because of our own awareness of, of what um, what disturbs us, what challenges us, what breaks our heart, or what, you know, just makes us sing. Um, right. Um, but others can provide um, that sense of feedback for us. Um, one of the things that I get to do um, which is such an honor in my in the coaching side of my work is um, what we call 360 degree interviews, not not 360 degree survey, but it's actual actually interviews. So I I meet with um, eight to ten to twelve um, people that are key players in a leader's life, and um, you know we formulate the questions so that um, we can help that leader fully live out um, 
the best of their leadership. And it's oftentimes in the questions and in the color and in their responses that I'm able to um, come back with a report and sit down with that leader and get them to look at um, how they're seen um, and and how they're seen from places of strength, of places mm-hmm. of brilliance, places of you know what they're what they they're viewed as as caring a lot about. So uh, so oftentimes that that doesn't ha- you don't have to hire uh, an executive coach to get that kind of feedback if if we're willing to create a community of people. Um, I talk about in the book my treehouse gang. Um, this is this is a group of seven um, uh, people who are happen to also you know be in the same profession that I am, and we've been together now for seven years, and um, we call ourselves the treehouse gang because um, it was a term that uh, actually I came up with you know when growing up having a place where you could go. And there was always somebody there. Um, there was always food. There was always laughter. <laughs> there was always that sense of you could just be you. Um, and so with this treehouse group, um, we do help each other um, um, sort of find that, uh, that purpose. We also help each other balance the stuff that happens between leadership and life. So um, we've... Uh, one of the women actually got um, got laid off from um, one of the top consulting firms, and so she was, as you say, between successes. And you know, we we helped nurse her to the other side and 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 get repurposed um, in her work. Um, and and I think she just totally appreciated having having the, that that group. So. I think I think one way definitely is uh, to be in in community with others that um, are really quality people. That um, you know, that there's that mutual exchange that that um, um, that can happen. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that that you talk about that because uh, I I have a small group that I meet with on a regular basis, but it's around kind of a different part of my life, uh, not not necessarily the professional piece. And and, uh, again, I used to find that with with our executive girlfriends group calls on Fridays when we had them uh, at the end of the day, which uh, tended to be a little bit easier uh, for folks uh, than, you know, where we are now at noon. Um, but you've given me an idea that, uh, you know, maybe what we need to do is to put together some Sherpa groups within uh, Egg uh, to help people find uh, their summits and, and to, you know, have that camaraderie and whether it's a call on Saturday mornings or, you know, whatever we can find that works for people, uh, you know, to provide that respite from thinking that you have to do it uh, on your own. Uh, but yet having some accountability because I think that, uh, quite often, uh, you know that that's what's missing in that last bit of you know how do you how do you get to the summit rather than saying oh this is just too hard and I'm just going to walk back down of course not knowing how how tough it is to to descend as well yeah you know something else that that I would add is is that um, and this was true for myself um, that when I first became 
an author. So um, I finally finished the book um, last fall. It got published in January. Um, I was not ready. It was like I had my fourth child. I was not ready for prime time. And I had to admit that. I had to get honest with that. I had to um, had to deal with that. So part of actually climbing Mount Kilimanjaro was to get stronger. So another thing I wanted to just to offer those that are listening is um, that sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, are we getting stronger? Um, are we are we stretching ourselves? Um, are we? And it may be getting physically stronger because we know the benefits that can happen. Uh, with that it might be getting um, mentally and emotionally stronger. Um, it might be spiritually getting stronger. Um, but sometimes when we are faced with an unknown, we stay on the sidelines. That that that. Right. Perfectionism kicks in. It's, well, I don't really know what the next step is. So no step is taken. Um, And so, uh, uh, you know, finding something that is about getting stronger, even if if it doesn't, you know, that, you know, it it may not be um, exactly what you thought your next (laughs) dream career would be. Um, but right. if it's going to help you get stronger, it may be worth getting started on. Boy, that's so true. And and uh, one one of the women in in my small group that I have here in Tampa, uh, you know, she frequently says that that where we end up is rarely ever where we think we're going to. But uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, looking at your current situation and seeing what what you have gained from it, because quite often we're in that that limbo place where we don't feel like we're progressing, but but we have in fact gained some strength through that. And uh, you know, I think so many uh, again, so many of the women that we've got in the executive girlfriends group have their own stories to tell about. Uh, you know those moments, and and whether it's because of the economic crisis, or or being underemployed, or or being in between successes, um, it would be interesting to hear those. And you know, again, uh, would would love to have them have a forum to share share that, so that we can appreciate and uh, again get stronger together, and then move on together. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, let me ask this question because as you were telling your story about uh, actually uh, ascending Mount Kilimanjaro, and and uh, and I didn't realize uh, that you actually had used the mountain metaphor in your book, and then you know again you're living it. So, were you writing your next book as you were uh, going up the mountain? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Now, there's a definitive statement. (laughs) But you know what? Um, I am really enjoying blogging. I have been um, um, writing about um, what is true, what is so true that um, was in theory in the book and actually now is my experience. So, um, yes, maybe maybe these blogs uh, will become a a book or maybe the the book will be, you know, my actual experience. But... um, I um I really think that uh, what what's where I'm headed next 
is is um you know those those real nuggets um that I got to experience um through this that you know really do resonate you know the truth of around this so it's not just a a metaphor it's real so right, right. that's why you know I have fun talking about the um my sherpa experience because I I really got to work with a real sherpa and yet um how many times have I had an opportunity to be a Sherpa who who were Sherpas in organizational life and in my life now? Um, so so that it, it just becomes even more real. Uh, so and there are many other examples, you know, that um, that are part of my journal that are blog about this that that came from the climb. Right, right. Well, you've got a, a website uh, specific to the book, which uh, I, your blog is there, which is uppursuingsignificance.com, and you'll see that there's a, a uh, tab there for Joan's blog. And uh, I see that the last post was actually the eve of your uh, climb of Kilimanjaro, so we will look forward uh, to reading uh, what I'm sure you journaled about as you were going along Uh and so folks can can actually go through that with you. And Joan, how how would you like for people uh to learn more about you and your coaching firm? Where's the best place for them to reach you for that? Uh osullivanwright.com is my company website uh and so the the um the blog is on the same blog is on that website as well right. and you know be happy if if anybody wanted to reach out directly, um, sending me an email at joan at osullivanwrite dot com. Terrific. Um, and our executive girlfriends group uh, members uh, have access to Joan's email directly on the website, so you can send her uh, a note directly from there. And those who are listening on Blog Talk Radio or our iTunes channel, again, it's O'Sullivan Wright, and that's W R I G H T dot com. And uh, I just so appreciate all of your time uh, this morning, Joan. We had our earlier uh, interview on the Uncommon Giving show, which, uh, for those of you who are interested in hearing the story of of uh, her climb of Mount Kilimanjaro and and the organization that she. Uh, participated uh, in doing that with, uh, it was called Climb to the Summit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that <laughs> I was just looking at your blog and read that. Um, tell, tell me again the organization. It, uh, Sinai Global. Sinai Global, Global Climb for a Purpose. Climb for a Purpose. Thank you so much. Um, so for those who would like to listen to that, it's on blogtalkradio.com slash uncommongiving. Joan, thank you so, so much. And again, uh, thanks to your husband for participating with us this morning. And I am just looking forward to getting to know you better and uh, hope that you and I can connect uh, sometime very soon. I feel the same way, Chickie. Thank you so much. And to all those that uh, have been listening today. All right. Well, terrific. Joan, have a great weekend. And I will reconnect with you soon. Okay. Take care. Okay, great. Thank you so much. To learn more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, please see www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. Please join us two weeks from today. Oh, no, I apologize. Please join us next Friday, and uh, we will be on at 12 noon again. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend.